We're winding up our time on Barbados with two episodes recorded on a hillside in the south of the island on the porch of Esther Phillips. Phillips is Barbados poet laureate, and after some fallow time, she found the pandemic gave her space to find a new series of poems, testifying to the island's traumas, questing for the real meanings of reparations. And we're going to hear some of those new poems over the next two culture files. This time, Phillips explains why the plantation house Drax Hall has been a focus for her life and her writing. Okay, look, yes, I was waiting for you. Come, just come this way. We are going to be sitting here on the deck at the back so we can get all the air that we need and you can admire the garden as well. Well, I grew up in the country and I consider myself a country person all the time. One of my favorite poets is also Seamus Heaney, that poem, Digging. That was one of my favorites because that's what I saw around me. My grandmother worked on the land. My grandfather worked on a plantation and on the land at home as well. So digging, planting, communing with the natural world around us, the landscape, running around as a, as a child in the country, that's something that is so much in my, in my makeup, you know? It, it is, to me, is the most natural thing, so... That's why I connected with Heaney. So, Drax Hall. Drax Hall is very much in contention <laughs> right now. Drax Hall is the plantation, and there is the Drax Hall Great House. Yes, that is um, Jacobean in, in style. It is the first, um, yeah, I think it, it is the oldest plantation house in Barbados. It is it's owned by Drax. The Drax has never, never, never changed. It never changed hands. As a matter of fact, someone sent me an article from the, written in the Observer, in which um, Richard Drax was being picketed, and he's being asked to, or told to, compensate the people of Barbados, whose ancestors were slaves. He has profited tremendously. He's one of the wealthiest um, MPs in Dorset. Maybe one of the wealthiest men in Dorset, I don't know. But, um, so because reparations is in the air now, and he's being told, look, you've benefited from, benefited from this slavery. Give the people of Barbados back something. So, drugs home. I must have learned, aged eight or nine, to love the dawn. Walking, skillet in hand, to fetch the milk from Jack's Hall Yard, where our grandfather kept his cows. Chilly mornings, hedgerows drenched in dew, yellow creeping back into early, late flowers, purple peering out from bird vine leaves clustered in the cut rock on both sides of the road, smell of plums, ripe guavas bursting from the gully, filling up the air. One side passed the broken down mill at Waterman's Straw, the wide sky walked with me, pink, gray, lilac, so soft I hardly dared to breathe, though I scarcely knew why. But something was in that quietness, something blackbirds and sparrows knew but kept their silence. It was in the insistent song of crickets and grasshoppers, the whisper of cuscus as the wind slipped through, clouds, noiseless, shifting shape, at will, or my creation. This was the beginning of poetry. This searching for the prism hidden in the dark, 
air tuned to the pulse, the rise and fall of the undergrowth, more telling than the noise around us. How could I have known my muse walked with me all the way to Jack's Hall Yard, those early mornings, when the dawn was itself my first poem. So I read that because um, that, that, that's a picture of beauty, but also of innocence, innocence slash ignorance. Because there's a total, this is a small child going to get the milk, which was part of what I, was, what I had to do. But I have no idea of what it is I'm walking towards, the landscape I'm walking into, what it meant historically, no clue. These poems could be put under the broad umbrella of an interest in reparations, but that's not all that, is, that they are about. My particular emphasis is on the suffering of the people, you know, and um, we, uh, we have a story passed down by my, there are not many, by my grandmother, of her great-grandmother that she heard about. The name they mentioned was something that sounds like Tepiki. We don't know what that is. But this is a, it's almost a kind of a haunting that happens. I think we, I need to tell her story. I need, she needs to be represented. I don't want these people's money or whatever. I, I'm not interested in that, but I'm saying that the people who suffered and died very often because of the brutality of slavery, surely their lives are worth something. Surely there's somebody has to, there must be some kind of memorial for them in some way, you see? And that is what really pushes my work more than anything else. Um, one hopes that something will be done for the descendants of, these, of, of, of my ancestors, but I also want it on record that these people suffered. The price of milk. The white milk froths into the skillet. Her grandfather's big hands are strong. She wonders if they hurt the cow's udders. But the animals are quiet, except for a flick of the tail now and then to show away flies that gather on the dung not far off. Her mother was called the fresh milk, flavor it with spices, nutmeg or cinnamon. The girl will eat the sweets come from the top, then drink the cup full. The skillet of hard white enamel is washed every day, put away on the shelf. Not so the dung basket, now grey-black with age, plaited from bulrush, thrown into a corner at the back of the yard. Broken both sides where a woman's hands gripped as she stumbled through cane fields, bit down when the pain lanced her neck and her shoulders, begging the wind to breathe through her nostrils, clogged with the smell, the waste as it dripped over the brim through the holes in the basket, ran down her face to mix with her sweat. Even the dung from the cows Massa owned, so she spread this manure in the fields Massa owned to grow the white gold in the fields Massa owned, so they wouldn't be put off the land Massa owned, so their cows could graze on the land Massa owned, and her man might be more than the man Massa owned. And their grandchild could eat the sweet scum from the milk, flavored with spices, nutmeg or cinnamon, then drink her full cup. 
Esther Phillips there, and you heard her read Drax Hall and The Price of Milk. We'll have more from that interview next time on Culture File.